0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to a Guided Life podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at guidedwest11, on Instagram at guidedwest, and on Twitter at laurawest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book Guided is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Christy Holt. Christy is a happiness coach who has a passion for inspiring and empowering women to create their happy life. She has recently launched her own podcast, Create Your Happy which is all about the coming together and sharing of inspirational stories of women who have overcome in life, business, and relationship. After overcoming an unhappy marriage and learning to truly love and accept herself, Christy became passionate about helping others to do the same. She loves to help women to embrace uncertainty and take back their power to create the loving and happy relationships they are oh so worthy of. Christy, thank you so much for joining me t- today. I am so thrilled to be here with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this chat and seeing where it leads today. Me too, me too. Um, you know, it's it's been as as we just established before recording, it's been, you know, a couple months actually since we spoke, yeah. but I can't believe how fast that that time has gone by. Um, but I would just love to hear all the amazing things that you are doing these days. Yeah. Well, you know, when we spoke a couple
1: of months ago, I think I was just in the process of planning my podcast and it was really a a fun adventure. And here we are, uh, two months later. I actually launched my podcast. It's called Create Your Happy. I launched it in mid April. I've recorded, I think it's episode 17 ish today. I, I have a, like, I've got a bit of a queue of things to edit. So I don't know exactly what number it is, but somewhere around 17 today, there are episode seven is actually coming out tomorrow. So it's really. Taken a life of its own, and it's been so much fun. I love conversation, I love hearing the stories that other women have. My podcast is all geared towards conscious women, basically, and it's all about inspiring and empowering women to create their happy in life, relationship, and business. And so, it is just so fun and so exciting for me to have these conversations with these women who have taken something from their own life. Basically, they're all change makers looking to take that experience and use it to help empower other women so that they can also, you know, come alongside the journey and level up at the same time. So it's been so fun. And I'm so excited. Like some of the episodes, I literally cannot wait to drop.
0: I know that feeling. Yeah. I'm um, I i there's. I'm like, how can I get this one to like play sooner? I'm like, oh, no, I have a process. I can't, yeah. can't get out of that process. You know, uh, for so I mean, I started my podcast just like a month before yours. Yeah. So I feel like we're both we're both babies, yeah. uh, which is so which is so fun. And what a wonderful queue of episodes that you have already. I think that's so yeah. smart to kind of have something to offer uh, weekly or however frequently you're releasing those episodes. Do you mind, I I don't know why I'm feeling drawn to ask you about this, maybe talking a little bit about the process from a newbie's standpoint, in case there's anyone out there who may be interested in starting a podcast, who maybe think it's really daunting. uh, I'm curious to hear how your experience has been with it.
1: Yeah, I mean a podcast has been on my mind i'd say and minimum since last year there's just something about conversation and you know i would go live and i was learning and practicing going live on on various platforms and i just didn't have the same pizzazz when it was just me talking like more or less what felt like into the void and after a few very long conversations like i love the deep conversations i love really really getting down to the meat of issues and the heart of things with people in a one-to-one setting. And after a few really amazing, deep, awesome conversations, it kept, you know, it just kept coming up like a podcast is a way for me to operate from that space. So I had this one friend, I would go for like, 3 hour walks with her and we would just like literally right in the neighborhood with me. We would walk for like 3 hours. I think we made like 13 14k one time and just talking and I remember telling her like I should be freaking recording this because like I'm like boom like this is good stuff we're like having these really interesting conversations. And so I knew that conversation was something that I was really excited about and that's where I I felt like I really shone and it kind of came on a whim because to be honest, I was focused on writing my book and that's sort of in process. It kind of got put on the on the shelf momentarily because I think in, in the end of all the things, I'm just taking one one step at a time here and I'm just kind of going towards my ultimate vision and it's an interesting journey. So I thought writing the book was the next step until I hit a roadblock and I didn't know what to do. And in that moment of pausing and trying to figure out where the fuck do I go from here? This opportunity to get some guidance and help with the podcast kind of fell in my lap. Uh, Someone else in my network uh, reached out and he was offering a program on launching your podcast in three weeks. So I very hesitantly because of course, when you're really excited about something, fear tends to come up and be like, whoa, 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 safety first, brain is like on fire. Nobody wants to listen to you. This is going to be really scary, really daunting. All of those thoughts, like you kind of alluded to people, yeah, oh my gosh, like this is a big thing. And there's a lot of pieces. I decided to just do it anyways. There was something calling me to doing that is on my list. I've been saying it's in the queue for a little while and saying, I'm going to get to it. I just have these other projects first. But this opportunity came up, I jumped at it, both feet in and At the end of that, I was pretty much recording episodes already, and I launched it six weeks after that program started. The program was amazing. It was called. It's called Leaders with a Voice, and the process was just made so simple, like a tiny task every day for three weeks. And by the end of it, I mean, some of the things you do have to put some, some thought into, obviously, like with the purpose of your podcast and your audience and the graphics and all that. So it's not like it was just one little tiny decision a day, but I already had the grand vision and I had a lot of the ideas of what I wanted to create with it. And so it actually was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And navigating the the technology, you know, I guess I'm really lucky I've been using YouTube. Uh, I teach fitness classes online uh, and have been for throughout the pandemic. So I, I know my way around YouTube. You know, I, I knew my way around iMovie for some editing and some of these things. So and Canva, I love Canva. <laughs> I love creating graphics. I think it's actually super fun. So some of those things I already had experience in, which did make it quite a bit easier for me. But, I mean, you can always hire someone to help you with some of those things, and it's it's not totally outlandish to get some people to help you if you need some help. Yeah, it was uh, actually a really fun process. I was super lit up for the that whole entire month, and then as soon as I started recording episodes, I was just like, "Oh yes, like this is so fun. This is so great. Yeah, I'm loving it." And I. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, well, I wish I could drop some of these sooner, but I gotta pace myself, right? Because I actually, you know, want to create that space and be a little bit ahead of it so that it never comes to the point of feeling really, really pressury. So yeah, I love it. And if if anybody out there is thinking about doing it and that's calling you, take the call because it is it's really, really fun and fulfilling.
0: <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we're having these conversations. Anyways, I love that <laughs> talking to a friend and just saying we should be recording yeah. this. I've had many thoughts like that before, so I love that. I think I think that's so true. And um, I think i I mentioned this before in another episode, but I've I heard from somewhere that uh, well, people don't get talking block like they do writers block, right? There's always something yeah. to say, especially if you can bounce it off other people. So yeah, uh, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely a good energy
1: when there's a conversation going, and it doesn't feel as for myself. Anyways, I guess I can't speak for everyone, but I feel much less pressure to fall into like the perfection traps uh, when I'm having a conversation because I'm not thinking about exactly what I'm going to say. I'm not overthinking it as much as if I was just talking to myself or, you know, recording a video by myself. So
0: it definitely changes the energy and the dynamics. And you can hear the energy, yeah. too, in your voice and in the conversation. So I think that there's so many pluses to it, too. Yeah. Th- <laughs> Absolutely. So now, before you had your podcast, though, you have a business, right? Yeah. I started... Oh, I
1: mean, I how far back should I go? Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever you think is
1: relevant. I don't know. So <laughs> I'll give you the, the too long, didn't want to listen to all of it kind of version, but... I've had a number of different sort of jobs and businesses throughout my life. Actually, the first business I had was teaching piano lessons. I started that when I was 14. It was a really fun gig. I have always felt like teaching and mentoring is is one of my gifts, and I love to help other people to learn and transform and to grow. So teaching piano was sort of my first dabbling in that, and I mostly taught young kids But there is something magical about taking any anyone I've taught adults as well since then, but taking them from knowing absolutely nothing to being able to play even a simple song in a fairly short period of time. There's just something really magical about witnessing that transformation. So I still actually teach some piano students today, um, but not my main focus. I've, I've gone up and down with that. I also have a business degree and I worked as a professional accountant for a number of years before I had my kids. I've also taught accounting at a post-secondary educational level. What I loved about that job was actually the teaching and the mentoring and the training working with the students that were coming up below me to help them get better at their job. And I was always the one. I don't think I actually fit in in the accounting firms at all personality wise, but I was always the one who was jumping at the opportunity to do the training for the new students or mentoring with the new students and teaching classes to other uh, new accounting students was totally my jam. Again, the teacher in me, I never really wanted to teach like elementary school or anything like that. That's not my jam. I much prefer working, I think, with adults as far as teaching, although pianos is a little bit a little bit different, but. That kind of career, as soon as I had my kids, I realized that wasn't the right space for me and I didn't go back to accounting. I did some teaching, but I decided when you know, my my kids were old enough and they were in school, I decided to pursue becoming a personal trainer because fitness was already always something that was fairly interesting to me, like a personal pa- passion, I guess. And actually was going to in university, become a step instructor. That was when step and high, low were a cool thing back in the 90s, early 2000, Uh, but didn't end up doing it because honestly, the tax class that I was taking was weighing too heavy on my mind and I didn't have space for choreography. But it's funny how things kind of cycled back around. And when I had the space, I decided to pursue that. And I began with personal training, teaching group fitness. I led some couch to 5K clinics. I became a nutrition coach because I think that there's a lot of different facets to it. And I continued to grow. For me, mindset was really key in both of those areas. And I was never one to just prescribe something for my clients. I wanted to teach them what they needed to know, but to make sure that it was something that was really sustainable for them, that they, that they had the interest and the buy-in on doing it themselves. Because we all know that if you just tell someone to do something, if it doesn't jive with them, they're not likely to stick with it. And I really wanted to arm my clients with useful skills that they could take forth. I didn't want them to be reliant on me to provide their workout, but to provide them those skills. So, as that sort of evolved and the mindset piece continued to evolve and I continued to grow and expand and discover more about myself, which involved exiting a unhappy relationship and navigating high conflict divorce and some co-parenting challenges, we'll say, uh, over the last number of years, and then ultimately finding my my real human has led me sort of to this place now where in 2021, I rebranded as a happiness coach because ultimately what I have a heart to do is to help other people find the happiness in their life. Well, not to find it, I guess, but to create it for themselves because I, I truly believe that happiness is a choice. It is an action. It is something that you can be intentional about creating in your life. And that that's how you can take back your power and, you know, live your best life. So uh, ultimately, I rebranded to uh, be a happiness coach. And at this point, I'm super excited to be sharing these stories of empowering uh, and empowering women on the podcast, as well as wanting to really reach back, if you will, to the people who were where I was a number of years ago, who are stuck and overwhelmed, anxious in these unhappy relationships and to help help them to find their true power so that they can make the right decision for them instead of staying stuck like I did for far too long, uh, you know, to really em- empower them and give them the ability to embrace that uncertainty for the possibility, instead of allowing the fear from the uncertainty. And I know I was terrified to make the wrong decision. So I absolutely come from a place of knowing how freaking difficult it is to finally make that call. But to really empower them to create the happy for themselves, sometimes that will result in their partner coming alongside and joining them on this growth journey. In my case, that wasn't how it panned out and it ended up taking a different direction. And as I set more boundaries and communicated my needs and my desires for life, things kind of we just it it clearly wasn't going to work and I needed to make that difficult decision. But ultimately, the way that I look at it, if you're in in an unhappy relationship, you can't wait for the other person to change. You've got to be the one who's doing the change and the work on yourself because that's where you can actually take back your power. So that was not that yeah. short of a version, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's great. It was very inclusive, very helpful indeed to to see the, the progression of where you were to now. Uh, I am curious to know what maybe growing up was like for you in regards to maybe some of the expectations that were place, whether on you or within you, you created your on your yeah. own. Um, just to to get an idea of where things started for you and how you ended up where you are now. I know that's a really long yeah. time. But
1: I'll <laughs> try to I'll try to pick a couple of a couple <laughs> of key thoughts here. Because I really think that our entire childhood experience is cumulative, your adult experience and those those things that you were brought up with those beliefs, those things, those experiences that happen that you build your identity on the conditioning of society around you and the systems that are in place are all designed in a way that you are going to be affected and conditioned by what's going on around you. So I was an only child. So naturally, I struggle like many with uh, perfectionist sort of tendencies. I definitely felt... A lot of pressure to measure up, and I I think that's like a combination of the way the education system is designed to have everyone fit into a box, and if you don't, you know, and and hustle culture, like there's so many sort of intricate pieces there. I want to say also like the good girl idea that you're going to behave a certain way, you're not going to ask too many questions. I think the educational system. You know, is not typically designed to create people who are critical thinkers. I, I want to say that's changing, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it is. I, I I hope it I hope it's going to shift more in that direction where we're creating more more critical thinkers who are thinking outside of the box and able to express themselves outside of the expectations and the shoulds of the society and the systems that we're in. So growing up, I largely raised in a sort of not spiritual home my parents weren't they weren't religious but I did have some grandparents in my life that were Christian and so they introduced me to that. Uh, my my mom also had sort of a Christian upbringing but she wasn't overly uh, religious or anything like that. So I had a, I had a bit of this Christian background as I grew up I was drawn more to something. I think I've always been a little bit curious, and that that sometimes made me feel a bit rebellious inside of that, because I didn't just take everything at face value. And that's not really, that's not really the way things go, right? You're supposed to just do the things that, you know, stick to the rules and don't ask too, too many questions. So I would say at this point, i I would like rather label myself as just spiritual in general, because I actually think... There are really amazing and valid pieces of all of the different spiritual ideologies that exist in the world. And I think the root of nearly, if not all of them, really come back to love. And I think for me, that is what I take from relationship with God, source, universe, you know, whatever, however you want to label it. I think to me, it's just all about love. It's about the love that you have within and when you can feel that love within you, then it can overflow and then you can, you know, unconditionally love and accept others around you. And, well, that's just a really beautiful thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I agree with you uh, a lot with what you just said in regards to sort of the basis and foundation of most religions, if not all. Yeah. Being love. Um. Of course, there are the few, but, you know, for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that maybe sometimes that gets forgotten. Um, unfortunately, you know. Yeah, it definitely for whatever can reason
1: get Like, I mean, we're all humans and we're all, I, I really fully believe we're all just on this earth doing the best we can with the resources we have. And some of us have less resources than others. And so we're all operating from that space of the experiences, the traumas, the, the lessons that we've, the rules we've had to follow and the way that our you know, our brain works. And I, I'm kind of like, I love neuroscience. And I absolutely freaking love that neuroscience is like, is kind of tying those spiritual concepts back to science. The more that we're learning, the less woo woo these ideas are, you know, that we are energy and that, and and sort of the way that our brain works and the way that we interpret things is much more backed by science, the more the more they're uncovering. And I think that's amazing because what maybe once was considered very out there is is now actually being proven to not be that out there and actually to be very real based on science. And if science has taught us anything, it's that we're always learning and growing and we do not know all the answers. And it's like a continuous journey of evolving information and... I just find that really exciting. So
0: I'm here for it. So I I did this reading for somebody. It was so interesting because it was the first time that I had come across this in a reading before. And part of her purpose of being here was to help science catch up with more of like there's so much more that we can't see, right? There's yeah. so much that we can't see. Yeah. Um, there are, I mean, there are beings that help us. We project energy, da, 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 da. So uh, part of her work is to help science catch up with that. So it really goes along with what you're saying. Yeah. Is that we're starting to be able to prove these things.
1: Yeah. And I mean, ultimately people like to have that proof and that evidence but we know damn well that there's plenty of things that we can feel and experience that there aren't that there that there isn't tangible proof of. right? You can't like find your thoughts. like they're not tangible, but you certainly are experiencing them. You can't find in in your body, necessarily the feeling of happiness, but yet you can experience it. So there's a lot of things that are sort of, you know, quote unquote, unseen that exist. And they definitely play a huge part in
0: our experience on this earth. So I love that science is catching up. Yeah, (laughs) I know. They're they're working on it. That's for sure. Um, So I'm curious, what is your relationship and perhaps opinion about intuition? Oh, well, I think that we all have the ability to be
1: intuitive to some extent. I think that A lot of it comes back to that conditioning when we were younger and what we're told is normal and acceptable behavior. And I think that a lot of times some of that can be construed as weird or uh, unusual and unacceptable behavior, or when other people don't understand it, they just maybe don't handle that, that, that experience. Well, I know that my son actually, uh, when he was younger, he, he saw an angel and he told us about it. He said, "Look, there's an angel right there on the corner. None of us could see it, <laughs> and, and you know." And wow, I can't remember how old he was. He was probably five or six, maybe, maybe not even. I can't recall. But he he just knew that's what it was. Like there was no like no question. He was just like pretty much like, "Hey, there's an angel on that corner," and we were like, "Wait, what?" And I actually thought, "I'm like, that is so cool. Like, uh, jealous." <laughs> i want to the angels. That sounds super cool. But I think that like a lot of times if other if people don't understand that, they might be like, No, you're not. That's you're just seeing things. That's imaginary or whatever, and talk their child out of it. So perhaps those those kind of skills maybe are pushed down. And I think as far as intuition, that's just tied to how connected you are with your body and being able to feel that energy. Like I said, we're basically all just energy beings, more space than energy ultimately. And we can tune into that, but often we're taught as kids, and this kind of ties back to what we were talking about before, about fitting inside the box and living within those systems and those expectations. We're not necessarily taught to explore that. And I think that what's largely missing in the education system is tuning into that, and regulating our nervous system, being able to handle and cope with difficult emotions, right? We're we're often told when we're little, don't cry, because it's uncomfortable for the people around you. And if they're unable to hold space for uh, other people's emotions, then we get this message that our emotions are wrong or bad or whatnot. And we we don't learn the skills to be able to cope with them. So instead of being able to look at them and experience them and release them, we end up stuffing them down. And I think some of that can really get in the way of our ability to tap into our intuition because really it's just a connectedness, in my opinion. It's just a connectedness with that energy that's within us. And I don't even know, it seems like magical woo woo stuff, but our body knows like that energy knows, right? It, it, it knows what's what we're wanting to do. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. But if you trust it, I don't know, every single time I've trusted it, it has led me in the right direction. And I have grown and expanded and experienced things that if my logical mind were to get in the way, it would have been like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Where in your body do you feel your intuition? Uh, I usually feel it like sort of like in like I would say like in my gut. Like it's usually just a sense and it's weird to sort of explain it because I I, I don't know how to put words to it. It depends what it is. If it's like good intuition, like this is a thing that I want to do. It feels very different than like, no, don't do that. And then sometimes it's not so much of a physical sensation that I could put into words than it is simply a knowing within my entire being. So it kind of depends, I think, what what I'm kind of trying to get out of it and, you know, how, I don't know. Yeah, just the nature of the question, I suppose. But
0: yeah, typically I feel it's sort of like just in in my core, I'll say. Got it. And those, t- those times when you were would transition from being a piano teacher, to doing accounting, to doing coaching, like what led up to those instances where you decided to make the switch and follow through with it?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was probably different in in many of those circumstances. Some of it was a a big old door slamming shut where I was at a crossroads and needed to decide what I was going to do from there. As far as with the the accounting thing, I would have gone back after I had kids. However, a door shut and that option was no longer available. And actually, it worked out the absolute best possible way. We'll get into the details. But sometimes I think that God or the universe knows way better than me. And ah, they must have known, the uh, universe must have known that I would have probably gone back and definitely very, very clearly closed that door on me returning to that because I would have just been doing it out of like expectation and obligation, not because it's where I was meant to be. And I think sometimes it's just, you know, doing the next step. And I think that very often we get kind of hung up on the the details. I, this is me for sure. I have had to overcome a lot of people pleasing and a lot of perfectionism and a little bit of, you know, kind of doing things afraid a little bit to break out of those patterns and those sort of safety mechanisms to go towards what I really... I'm being called to do, but I think sometimes, you know, it's just an opportunity arises. There's a synchronicity. There's a connection with someone, and I think that if you have sort of a big vision, a big end goal, like I, I look at it as maybe like the impact that you would like to create. If you don't have the whole thing mapped out, which you shouldn't, because you can't possibly, and I think that actually. This is something that I've struggled to overcome because I am someone I am an accountant in my in a previous life. I like to have things mapped out. But this is something that I'm really, really cognizant of that the more I try to control that whole path and figure everything out. A, the more I stay stuck in overwhelm and not getting fucking started at all. (laughs) Or B, my my controllingness about every step actually prevents my intuition from guiding me into each different sort of step that I'm supposed to take next. And I think that that's where a lot of people really get hung up. And then that can really keep you in that trap of perfectionism and the, you know, not being good enough and the people pleasing and not wanting to offend people. Really, all of those things kind of together, keep you out of following your intuition, and keep you very firmly planted, you know, operating solely out of almost out of ego. And, and from those patterns in that case, right? Instead of being guided
0: to what's next. Yeah. And it's takes, it's so much less energy and work just to go with the flow than to kick and scream and every step better. of the way. It feels so it much does. better, like just to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, taking those aligned actions
1: as they present. And I know it's, it's really difficult because I find that so often people, in conversation, they want to know what you're doing. And I feel like I'm at the point where I'm like, I really don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like I have this end vision, this impact that I want to create. I really want to change the world through inspiring and empowering women one at a time, but also creating this massive ripple effect. Hmm. But do you want to know my exact roadmap? I ain't got a clue. I'm, I'm just one, (laughs) one aligned step at a time because I've just found that the the more I try and I see this in my clients too the more I try to grasp on to control and have a grand plan and figure it all out the more that universe is like uh, nope <laughs> roadblock 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 if yeah. you're not gonna do you know <laughs> do things the proper aligned way, you're just gonna get roadblocks So I think you know if anybody out there is listening and they're like, oh roadblock roadblock roadblock. Maybe you're you're trying to control all of those steps and have that grand plan. Or maybe you're even just stuck in overwhelm and you're like, I have no clarity. I don't know what I'm doing. I need some help planning. Maybe you just need to take a deep breath, focus on that end impact, and then just just take that next aligned step.
0: Yeah. So important to like take a breath, re recenter. And what what I mean by that is just Letting go of those expectations and just being right there in that moment, right, and then just whatever feels right or whatever lands in your lap, yeah. <laughs> go go with that next. But it can, that can be really really hard to That's, yeah to let go, especially if you're not the only one impacted by your decisions, right? Say you have a spouse or a significant other who they need that certainty. They need that um, comfort. (laughs) Doesn't always, it's not always uh, reassuring for people to hear. I don't know what the next, I know, I know. It's (laughs) just going with the flow. It's
1: terrifying (laughs) at times, to be honest. And our brain, our brain is designed to keep us safe. So, Generally when we step into that space you're're you're like alarm bells be going off telling you' like telling you whoa whoa whoa, this is not safe. let's bring it back to what we know let's keep it in the comfort zone let's keep it certain and ultimately if you want to really expand and grow quickly, the certainty is something that we kind of have to let go of right We need to really surrender to the big vision but just focusing on the here and the now and the step that we can take. First, because otherwise we we'll really get bogged down in the details. We won't be taking aligned action. We'll be missing opportunities that are arising at the right time. And ultimately, I think that things do always work out in in divine timing, the perfect timing. The lessons that we need, the growth that we need, as long as we are leaning into the things that you know in general feel expansive to us in the moment and are taking us closer to that goal. We're going to get there, all in the perfect timing, and probably faster if we relinquish some of that control and just surrender to that living in flow, taking aligned action.
0: Yeah, and and also learning the difference between being scared but knowing mm. you're supposed to do it versus yeah. making a decision out of fear. So I can see how that could be a really fine line for people to 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 learn and figure out. Well, how would you advise someone? do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately it involves a certain level of self-trust, right? To know whether that action is going to, you know, well, a level of, a level of self-trust and knowing that you are doing what you're meant to be doing and that you can make those, make those steps happen to get you there. You know, I, I think that any change is going to bring up fear. And if the, if the direction you're going, if that change, it's taking you outside of your comfort zone. If it's taking you somewhere that you actually are really, really excited and passionate about going, the fear can sometimes speak even more loudly to be like, whoa, 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 this is actually something very important to me at a, you know what, maybe at a soul level. And the fear feels even more overwhelming. But if you kind of look at it as, The fact that fear and excitement actually can feel the same in your body. And it's just the way that you're approaching that bodily sensation. Is it fear or is it excitement? How we define that, what meaning we attach to it, is going to shift what we do with that information. So being able to be present, be aware, and look at that as simply... A physical sensation in our body before we define it as fear or excitement can allow us to assess whether taking that step feels exciting and expansive and is going to take us closer to our goal, or whether it's actually something that doesn't feel expansive and it feels restrictive or limiting. And then from that place, if we use that sort of basis for identifying fear versus excitement, we can redefine that so called fear into the excitement and then step into taking that action, even though it feels maybe a little bit uncomfortable, but change is uncomfortable.
0: If we want to grow, yeah. it's necessary. That's that's right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why it's so important to kind of go back to what you said as far as learning to know your inner radar, right? Like knowing when something feels good or, or doesn't, uh, because that's really going to be your, your foundation for helping you determine what's legitimate fear that's actually, you know, a red flag versus yeah. maybe like it's just something that's a little bit scary and you're fearful because it's scary, but it's, but it's meant to be the next step.
1: Yeah. And part of that is regulating your like nervous system, right? So that you can assess that from a regulated, centered, grounded kind of position so that you're not stuck in this sort of spiral of thoughts and emotions and experiences from the past, but able to look at it from a more objective standpoint. That just really gives you a little bit more power to stay in the driver's seat instead of letting those emotions drive the drive the bus, right?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, So, you know, we're talking about all this uh, fear and intuition and and everything like that. Do you feel that you are working with any entities from the other side? Do you feel (sighs) connected to any of them?
1: I don't I don't know. I haven't had a, an experience with any sort of, you know, specific spirit guides or angels or anything like that yet. I mean, who knows what's to come? I really do believe there's a lot more out there that we don't know. And I I really think that I'm I'm open to any of these experiences. And I, I love hearing other people's perspectives and about their experiences because I think there is a ton of possibility out there and everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different. But, yeah, I, I, I don't yeah, I, yet. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's to come yet still. I don't know. Hey, all right. Well, if you get
0: any updates yeah. on that, let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so to kind of wrap up the um, interview, I did want to ask, what advice would Christy of today give the Christy from her past? Hmm.
1: You know, the biggest one on my mind right now, and it kind of ties to everything we've talked about, as well as tying into this passion that I have for helping women get out of their unhappy relationships and that kind of thing, as well as just that you are worthy simply for existing, your worth is not tied to your productivity. It's not tied to other people's validation. It is not tied to your appearance. It is not tied, in fact, to any of your behavior or actions, period. You are really just simply because you are. And that if you can really embrace that and feel that, you know, that deep unconditional love and acceptance that you are so worthy of. And that, like we mentioned, all sort of religions sort of have this basis of this unconditional love. And we have that unconditional love literally flowing through us at all times. And we have that ability to really feel and experience that. the more that we can do that, the more that abundance can overflow and we can just really experience life in a completely different way. And so this, this is applicable to people out there that are coaches, business owners, employees, moms, anyone who's struggling with not feeling good enough or feeling like they need to measure up, feeling like they need to work hard or prove themselves. I guess I just want to tell you that you are absolutely freaking amazing and that you are worthy and good enough just because you are.
0: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it never hurts to to be reminded of that. Yeah. So thank you so much. And I just want to thank you for your time today yeah. and for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your story. Uh, it's just been very uh, inspiring to hear. And I want to I wanna thank yeah, you. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for having me. I, I talk for days. I got lots I could say on all of these subjects. So thanks for letting me talk about quite a few different ones in one, <laughs> <Yeah>. one conversation.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It's a good thing you have a podcast. Right? I love that. (laughs) Awesome. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always.